Welcome to the Break Free Real Estate Podcast. Today, we're talking about Redfin's most recent uh, housing market update. Uh, as uh, we've mentioned in the past, Redfin does a good job of producing weekly updated data and information, and we like to dive into that. And uh, so we're going to cover that today. So a few key things that we're covering. The daily average 30-year fixed rate mortgage just hit 7.36% uh, yesterday, August 23rd. I haven't checked for the most recent release, but that's closest uh, to that's close to the highest level in more than 20 years. And for the week ending in August 17th, the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage as uh, released by Freddie Mac was sitting at 7.09% which is the highest level in more than 20 years. So it feels just painful to have interest rates as high as they are today. We're going to talk about what it looked like to live back in the, the, uh, the early 80s. And we may not have it as bad as the baby boomers that were living back then, but it still feels pretty horrible when we become so accustomed to interest rates being so low. So we're going to talk about interest rates. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how mortgage purchase applications have declined. We're talking about uh, how Google search ha has seen a drop in their search for homes for sale down 7%. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, updates on the median sales price. So let's go ahead and dive right into things today. Uh, the first thing I want to look at is just inventory. Okay, where do things uh, where are things at today? What's uh, what are things looking at from a supply perspective? And the information that Redfin has for us on their weekly housing market update shows that inventory new listings is down 16.5% compared to last year at the same time. And pending sales are down 13.2%. I also am interested in this off market in two weeks. More homes are coming off the market in two weeks than they have in the past. So off market in two weeks is up 6.2%. So all of these indicate that, uh, you know, um, supply and demand is at an interesting place with um, new listings being down 16% compared to last year. Pretty incredible. Uh, I also wanted to point this out. This is a report from the National Association of Home Builders, and they reported that builder confidence fell for the first time in about seven months. And so you can see this report here shows this red line indicates the number of single family starts during that period. And you can see that they had an increase over the last handful of months, roughly seven months, and then a sharp drop off uh, over the last couple of months. And as it relates to, so this, this uh, chart reflects the home builder confidence. So this is a survey that they take of home builders. They have a bunch of different questions and it's their index that determines how confident are home builders in their business. And the home builder confidence was really going gangbusters over the last seven months, but recently had a sharp decline as well, dropped five points. And so what they noted in the article is that this is leading to a lot of the home builders having to offer up a bunch of different concessions. Even though pricing hasn't adjusted, uh, adjusted a ton, it said that pricing is adjusted about 6%, but where, but where it's having an impact is they're having to offer a bunch of concessions. 
And so it'll be interesting to see if uh, home builders start to pull back on how many homes they're building. As you can see, they've already st started to pull back a little bit with the number of starts. We'll see if that trend continues. What's critical about this is that new construction has made up a big percentage of the sales transactions that have been happening across the country. Right now, um, there's so little inventory. As you can see, inventory is down 16% year over year and even higher if you take it into consideration the previous year, uh, 2021. Inventory is down so low and really what has been propping it up and allowing there to be some level of supply is these builders building new construction. But with interest rates as high as they are and prices starting to come back, it seems that these builders are starting to pull back a little bit. And if that happens, that could lead to less demand. And uh, if the feds keep interest rates where they are or even decline, well, that's a recipe for prices continuing to go up. A lot of that will be contingent upon what happens with interest rates. There's a ton of speculation about whether or not interest rates will continue to go up. Um, we'll see what happens over the coming weeks. So that uh, is interesting from a supply and demand perspective uh, or a supply perspective. From a demand perspective, we already talked about this, but interest rates, uh, according to uh, the Mortgage Daily News, uh, they show the average daily interest rate uh, is sitting at 7.36%. This is close to a 20-year high. And Freddie Mac is reporting their weekly average interest rate at 7.09. And they'll probably report on the new interest rate today. And you'll see, you'll note in this chart, if we can get this chart to work for us, you'll note in this chart that the... 30-year average is sitting at 7.09. Well, we have to go back all the way to 2001 to find interest rates that were as high as they are today. So over 20 years, uh, it's been since interest rates have been as high as they are today. Um, because of this, mortgage applications have decreased. So this is from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Mortgage applications have decreased 3.1% from the previous week. And this is reporting a couple of weeks ago. They'll probably report their applications uh, again here in another week. And we can report on that. But uh, mortgage applications are down, which is an indication again of demand uh, falling off. Home, uh, it, uh, we took a look at the Google trends for the search term homes for sale. And that fell off uh, about 7% from a year ago. So um, this is all interesting uh, information that's coming out in the market. I mean, it, it seems like more of the same, right? The same story that's been going on for quite a while, except for mortgage rates just peaking out. But what, what's happening, as we've discussed in the past, interest rates at you know 20-year highs, supply down double digits uh, year over year, um, under contracts down year over year. So we have this interesting balance between supply and demand that's happening and, and the Fed's effort to combat inflation by increasing the federal fund rate has really tamped down demand. And so even though there's low supply and low demand, it's like, what is happening with prices? Because that's what ultimately what everybody's concerned about is what's happening with prices. I'll show you that in a second. 
But the question that I've got for you, Jocelyn, is you're pretty young. How old are you, Jocelyn? 28. 28 years old. Jocelyn's 28. Um, I am uh, 43. And so we both have unique perspectives here, but neither of us really know what it was like to live back in the early 1980s. I was born in 80, uh, but I don't remember any of it. What's interesting to, I, I found this report by um, this uh, article by realtor.com. And in the report, they take a look at historical affordability. And if we take a look at this chart, you can see that this just cuts off in May. Um, I wasn't able to find any more recent data, but the concept is still interesting. So as of May, interest rates were sitting at roughly 6%. Now we're over a point higher than they were in May. But you can see that the share of household income, so this takes into account the affordability uh, uh, affordability ratios, and this shows the share of household income sitting at 33%, which between 25 and 30% is sort of the safe place for the share of household income to go towards housing expenses. So 33 is definitely pushing the limits. But if we go all the way back to the 1980s, 1981, 51% of household income was going to housing costs and interest rates were sitting in the high teens at that point in time. So just interesting to take a look back. I know it feels like we're just being hammered right now and, and, and it is happening because we're so used to what we've experienced over the last five, 10 years, interest rates being so low, incredible affordability rates. Um, but historically speaking, um, even though we're still high, we're definitely not as bad as people had it back in the early 1980s. So the last thing I'll end on, Jocelyn, and then we'll get some thoughts from you, is uh, Redfin weekly housing market update as far as the median sales price is concerned. So you can see that the median sales price compared to last year, which was sitting at 370000 is now at 381000 so 3% up year over year. And my guess is, that as it, uh, if home builders cut off building or cut, cut back on new starts, that we're going to see supply continue to be constrained. And if interest rates don't go up any further, I think demand is going to come up slightly. And I think we're going to see prices continue to uh, trend upward. So that's my prediction. We'll see what happens. I've been wrong many times before, but I think that uh, is what we're in for. So Jocelyn, any thoughts on anything that we've covered so far? You know, I I don't know. Like I, I have a lot running through my mind. If you look historically, um, people like, and I might be completely wrong saying this, and if you're a baby boomer, I am so sorry. But when I think about a lot of the baby boomers I know who were buying a house at that time, to this day, they're still working. They're still trying to create financial freedom for themselves, like most of the ones I personally know, because, and it could be because they entered into a housing market when it was very unaffordable and most of their money and their youth went, went to that. Now, there could be other factors at play, but 
That's kind of interesting to think about because then if you think about just the generation above them, I feel like a lot of the older people I know were able to retire a little bit earlier. And that there may be a lot of different factors that go into play, but I I would assume that this could this could be a, a huge factor in why a lot of baby boomers are still working and working past the um retirement age that the people before them did. And I wonder, you know, our kids coming into the housing market right now, well, not my kids, but everyone else's kids uh, coming into the housing market right now, if they could kind of experience that same hardship, if their retirement years are going to be pushed back um, because they are entering the housing market in such an affordable time, because buying a house is most people's only investment. Like, yeah, they have their 401k that's with their job or they have a pension fund possibly, or maybe they're investing a little bit of money, but a house is most people buy a house and most people are able to make a lot of money with that house down the line. And if you're entering at the wrong time, you know, that could really impact when you're going to retire and how much money the house is going to make you. So that kind of makes me worrisome. I mean, obviously there's ways for people entering into the market today, especially young people to do it in a smart way um, by buying properties that maybe need a little bit of fixing or buying properties that show some rental income or whatever it may be. Um, but that is one thing that is kind of in the data, but not really said yeah, in the well, data. And it, I, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's an observation of like what what's going on around you and the people that you've that 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 you know that are of that generation and sort of the challenges that they face. And I think, you know, even though it's anecdotal, it's 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 interesting to consider. I also think about uh, to your point that uh, you know the generation sort of between you and I. Uh, I have uh, uh, some younger siblings that bought their first home right before the housing boom. And that gave them an opportunity to leverage that equity in ways that help them financially. And so I think it does have an impact when, when the vast majority of, um, of U.S. citizens have their wealth tied up in their primary residence if you're starting homeownership at the peak of a market and you have a steep decline and it takes you an additional 10 to 15 years to dig yourself out of that, that's a lot different than someone who's, you know, starting their household formation and getting into owning uh, uh, their first home at the bottom of the market and really experiencing that boom. So, yeah, interesting insight. Um, anything else that sort of comes to mind as we've gone through the data? What do you think about the interest rates where they're at today? I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I have spoken to so many lenders about this. And I mean, a few months ago, all I was hearing is they're going to come down by the end of the year. They're, they're going to start to decline. Next year, we're going to see interest rates of the threes and the fours. And after yesterday, I don't know... I don't know. Like, I don't know if I believe them anymore. I mean, I'm really hoping they go down in like four years because I have a couple loans with five-year arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, please. 
Yeah, we've got a couple loans turning over in the next uh, 48 months. So, yeah, we're we're hoping that things adjust. But to your point, like, man, you know, I've been thinking all along that, you know, the end of 23, we'll start to see rates start to trickle down. The Fed will, you know, let off the brakes a little bit and things will start to ease back in. And 24, we'll see rates falling and maybe mid 24 we're seeing rates in that, you know, below 6%, maybe even, you know, mid fives. And uh, now I'm thinking in my mind, my goodness, this could end up being a lot longer than we think. Yeah. And I mean, anything with real estate too, it's a supply and demand issue. And so I think it's really good that we're showing um, the listeners and the viewers those graphs because, the reality is, is people need a place to live. Yeah, living in like your car sounds cool until you do it <laughs> or whatever, but people need a place to live. And whether that's renting or buying a home or buying a condo or whatever it is, they have to have a place to live, especially when you have a family and you have children. And so people need homes. And so you have to look at how many new buyers are coming into the market. Um, and then, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, but then you also have to see like how many babies this generation is having, right? And to really look at that long-term horizon to see what that demand is going to be like, but most likely it's going to increase. And so supply needs to increase. Otherwise you're going to see a huge um, price increase like we've experienced recently. And then with buildings slowing down, that could leave potential for the market to increase a little bit. Um, but honestly, like, I think it's the best word to describe it is it's kind of just like, fro well, it was very frozen. And I feel like right now it's starting to unthaw. Like, I feel like people are starting to jump back in the market um, and not at a crazy rate. And we're not getting a ton of multiple offer situations, but we are seeing people jumping back into the market, negotiating a good deal for themselves um, and their family or their investment or, or whatever it is, and just buying smart. Like a couple of years ago, no one was buying smart, but now yeah. I think we're... I think, uh, I think what I'm seeing out in the market right now is that you have really two types of buyers. You have buyers that are forced to buy. They're being relocated uh, for their profession. They're being relocated for life circumstances, whether it's a divorce, a death, a retirement, whatever. Life is forcing them to make a decision and causing them to take action today. Then you have investors who are looking at it and saying, hey, either they have a long-term mindset and they're saying, look, any time, the best time to buy real estate is today because I'm planning on holding on to this property for 10 years and I know what the, you know, the, the average appreciation looks like over any 10 year horizon, which is between three and 5% nationally. And so I think you have the, the forced buyers and sellers who life circumstances are causing them to take action. And maybe they've been trying to hold off, but they've started to say, oh, you know what? This doesn't look like it's going to change in the immediate future. Life is causing me to make a decision. Let's go ahead and take care of this. And I also think that people are becoming more accustomed 
to what now is starting to feel like the, the normal uh, state of the market. Whereas the first, you know, six, eight, maybe even 12 months of this, people were just shocked and they're still there to a certain degree. But I think more and more people are starting to realize, okay, this might be the, the nature of the market for the next few years. And if I need to take action and or if I'm an investor and I've got cash that I need to deploy, well, let's go ahead and let's lock in a good price. Let's negotiate a good opportunity based upon the, the stress and the uncertainty that's in the market. And then we'll look to refinance down the road. But it seems like there's those two major uh, type of buyers out there in the market right now. Yeah. And I think more than anything, when you're buying, when someone's buying a house in this market, um, I don't personally, I don't think people should be going out and buying their dream home unless they can afford it. Right. Because um, then you might be overextending yourself a little bit. But if you're buying something that's smart, either for your family um, or for as an investment, if you're buying something that's smart, that pencils out, that um, has value add opportunities, then you're a lot better off buying right now than waiting. Because if you're buying a smart investment or a home that's going to um, appreciate in value, maybe it's in a great neighborhood or there's a stadium being built around the corner or um you or there's value add opportunities. Like if you're buying smart and you're buying below your means, so you're not putting 51% of your household income into your uh, loan, then I think you could still find something and still be in a good situation, even if the market does dip down for a few years because you've given yourself some extra padding. Um, I mean, I personally bought an investment a few a month ago, a month and a half ago. And it's a great deal. And I don't regret buying that. Um, but like, I was very, very particular in what one I was buying and what the numbers said. And I padded the numbers and I made sure it was a great deal. And so I don't, I, I don't see the housing market crashing, like everyone's saying, unless if, Unless if like we actually go into a recession and we're actually like facing real problems financially. But as of right now, our econ there's still plenty of money circulating in our economy and I'm not worried about it. Um, but it is possible. Nothing's impossible. But uh, regardless, just buy, buy smart and sell smart. Like <laughs> just don't just be calculated with every move that you're taking in this market. Love it. Yeah. I think uh, we'll keep an eye on things and uh, keep reporting back. If you uh, enjoy these type of videos where we go over the data and what's going on in the market and show you charts and graphs, and then give you a little bit of commentary at the end, uh, this is a new channel that we're trying to grow on YouTube. And so if you like it, uh, hit that subscribe button, give us a like, give us a comment, and let us know what you think and if we can improve in any area of these type of reports and these videos. So we appreciate you guys out there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep uh, bringing these to you if this is something that you're interested in. Awesome. For more real estate news and investing tips, don't forget to like, subscribe and share our show with a friend. We will see you on the next episode.